0: Hi, this is John Petkow from Domestiquam.
1: And this is Chris Voss from Necolytic Goat Converter. And this is our chapter of As the Story Goes. What would you say you do here?
2: Have
0: a good time all the time. WHO'S GOT IT BETTER THAN US? NOBODY! What in God's holy name are you blathering about?
1: Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic.
0: As the story grows. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom.
2: So welcome back to the next chapter of as the story grows. My name's Trav. I have a special uh, Thanksgiving edition mini cast here because I wanted to uh, an- I wanted to help uh, two friends here that put something out on Bandcamp that I think people should hear. Quam and Necrolytic Goat Converter. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into your weird ass names. So.
0: <laughs> Yay!
2: <laughs> put out a split on Halloween to make it extra scary. And, uh, they did, uh, two, they each did an original and they each covered one of each other's songs, which I always thought was a cool idea. I liked when, uh, the first time I ever saw somebody do that, that I really rejoiced about it was when Coalesce and Get Up Kids did each other's songs on a seven inch. That was badass hearing Coalesce do a Get Up Kids song. But anyway, I have, uh, John Petkow and Chris Voss here Hello, and they are going to tell us a little bit. Hello. They're going to tell us a little bit about what they did. So... Let's start off by uh, how do you two know each other? I, I already know the answer, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the podcast audience, um, I think it was uh, a lot of the metal Twitter people that we talked to, we sort of gathered around uh, Skull Toaster trivia. Um, and uh, doing that for a little while was fun. And a, a few months ago, I had uh, wanted to start up an online game of dungeons and dragons actually and in reaching out to a couple people i knew who i wanted to be a part of that uh someone actually suggested chris uh would be a good uh addition to that group so we got chris in and uh when the time came eventually we sort of started talking more and more and even after i transitioned out of that uh out of that game we kept talking and like he, when Chris started putting out Necrolytic Goat Converter stuff on Bandcamp, I I was already starting to work on uh, my Domestiquam stuff in a sort of experimental, like, just poking at it, seeing what I could do with it. But when, his, when he put his stuff up on Bandcamp as, like, a, a commercial product for people to buy, that kind of, like, pushed me over the edge. Of, like, maybe I could actually release this and, like, charge people money for it. Like, that could be a thing I could do. Um, <laughs> and so... Since then, we've been, like, anytime we're working on new material, new stuff, we just send it to each other back and forth. Just, like, get feedback and just sort of, like, encourage and, like, you know, guide each other through the process of being, you know, dad musicians.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. You don't. Uh, I don't want anybody to be shocked listening to this, that a metal guy actually likes to play Dungeons & Dragons. That might be a new concept. Unbelievable. That's never happened in the history of Dungeons & Dragons or heavy metal. If you, if you guys aren't are.
2: careful, you're going to start writing lyrics about uh, dragons and wizards and oh. whatnot, which is un, which is unprecedented in the metal <laughs> I in know, the right? genre. I know, right? I'm trying to stay away from that. But
1: yeah, I actually, uh, even earlier than that, I started, I was following, I used Twitter for nothing but just... Uh, following metal writers that I liked and just trying to get more information about new releases and stuff that people like. So I'd followed a couple people. And back in January, uh, Adrian B. Grant who at the time was writing for Decibel a lot and doing his own thing on Pop Matters, said, hey, there's this thing called Metal Bandcamp Gift Club. You know, if you join it and you give someone a gift, maybe they'll give you a gift. And uh, I kind of from there found Jeremiah. And uh, Seth from Skull Toaster and then, you know, had been told, hey, just go onto their Bandcamp pages and follow a bunch of people. And I think Pet Cow was maybe like the third or fourth person that I followed at that point. And then Trav you a little bit later. So I just mm-hmm. kind of knew him from the Metal Bandcamp Gift Club. And then yeah, just as John said, I had put out uh, – necolytic go converter which we will get into the name of uh i think in march and started getting some feedback and for me it was a little bit different reasons why i I was doing it i never expected to make any money of it which is why it's free but uh (laughs) the dungeons and dragons thing came up and we started connecting on a number of different levels besides metal and besides metal and fantasy and uh yeah it just kind of it just kind of grew from there good uh good internet chum i would say
0: at some point, Chris and I will. We've been talking about this for literally months. At some point, we're going to do some kind of podcast or article or something where we're just going to nerd out on Kurosawa movies. And I can't wait. Like, I've, I've been waiting for like months in anticipation because we both have the same, similar, very similar taste in weird art movies. And uh, I'm super psyched to at some point find a venue to do that with.
2: Oh, absolutely. If there was only some podcast, I know, right? That specifically was for the host to talk to people that he knew about nerding out about something that that guest was into. If only, if only there was some sort of outlet that that you
0: didn't already do. Yeah, mm. I don't, know. I don't know what you could be talking about. <laughs>
2: right, right, right. So, so Voss is going to be a respectably loud uh, guest eventually. Oh,
0: absolutely. Emphasis on the respectably. Yeah, I'll
1: try to fit. I'll try
0: to fit. Well, I think Chris fits okay. the. I think Chris is sort of like the ideal, respectably loud guest. Where he's like, we're all we're all adults. We all do our, you know, the adult responsible stuff to keep everyone and everything in our lives going. And then when the kids are in bed and you have a minute to yourself, you're just like, okay, now let me listen to some death metal or watch Akiru or you know play D and D whatever. Or
1: do all gotcha. three,
0: all at the same time,
2: <laughs> at once, <laughs> a big metal crock pot of stew. All right, Chris. So we'll start with you because me and Pet Cow, uh talk have talked have spoken before, and you and I have never really, I guess, just light correspondence through Metal Bandcamp Gift Club and all that and everything. But uh, I don't know anything about. I don't really know anything about Necrolytic Goat Converter. Um, I knew it was out there, and I knew it was you, and and this 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 metal band camp gift club community seems to have a lot of, um, individual one person cloud kicker style, um, musician types out there that are just programming their own drums and writing everything else and, and writing er and putting everything through, you know, plugins or whatever. And so go ahead. Why, why, why Necrolytic Go Converter? Why you? Why now? What, Why?
1: Yeah, (laughs) why? Well, uh, for a bunch of reasons, really, and I think actually probably you guys can uh, feel a little of this too. So, you know, uh, this is not my primary gig. I have a full-time job doing adult stuff. Put that in air quotes. What's Uh, that?
2: What do you do? So
1: I am a uh, product manager for a tech company that kind of does software for auto dealerships. Okay, so uh, I spend my days doing that type of stuff and, uh, you know, uh, got kids, got a life, got a whole bunch of other things going on. And eventually that stuff can kind of catch up with you. I played guitar since I was 18 years old uh, and I am, let's just say, over 40 now. So I've been playing for a long time, but never like uh, the interesting thing about doing the split with John was uh, I don't think besides like one or two. Hendrix songs. I don't think I could play a cover from front to back. I think John might have been the first songs that I ever learned, just hmm. learned how to play it and did it from front to end. Cause all I ever did was just kind of, you know, riff my own stuff here and there, uh, played with a couple guys in college, but then after that kind of set down the course of life and just use it, just kind of a de-stressor. And then as things will happen, you know, you kind of build and build and build stress. I had a bunch of stuff kind of crash and burn in my life a little bit. And then about a year ago, just decided I need to do something. And uh, at that time, I was heavily into Dark Throne and listening to Dark Throne and said, I like this. This is uh, I can actually hear, you know, that lo-fi black metal. You listen to it closely enough. You hear, oh, there's a lot of melodic components to that. I wonder how you do that. I could probably do that. That doesn't sound too hard. This dude, you know, works at the post office and then just makes an album every two years. So I uh, on to YouTube and, you know, I, I can't stress enough how YouTube learned I am. You know, you go onto those guitar videos that are like, oh, here's how you play black metal, and it's this is what tremolo picking is, and this is what, uh, you know, this is how you do this, and everyone uses diminished fifths and, you know, flat sixths. And uh, started looking at it and go, oh, well, all right, let me take 10 minutes and try to write something and see if I can write a song from beginning to end. In the 20 years of playing guitar, I never did that. Did it. I said, you know what, uh, I think it would be kind of cool if I screamed and, you know, tried to actually put some drums in, so I bought a bunch of drum beats, grabbed a cheap-ass actually at the time, didn't you have a microphone to do the vocals? I would just scream into my monitor as loud as I possibly could. That is metal. (laughs) That's how you do it. Right. So, uh, wrote my first song and was kind of like, Oh, this is interesting. And I feel good. You know, the, the, shit that's been we can curse on this podcast right (laughs) the stuff that's been going on in my life kind of felt a little lighter got off my chest and uh it was just a joke song it was uh if you know the album and all it's the song that's all about curdled milk how bad curdled milk smells because i was at the time just trying to do something just for kicks (laughs) and uh kind of liked it and then said hey i might do this again uh I got to get like a black metal name. Cause that's the music that I'm into at, at the moment. Uh, uh, here I'll go comes. onto Facebook and let me crowdsource the name. So, you know, black metal. All right. It's got to have death in it. So let's get the word necro in there. What do black metal people like? They love goats. Oh crap. I got to <laughs> put a goat in there somewhere. Right. All right. But it can't be necro goat. Cause that's, that's too easy. Uh, so let me think about it. And like I said, my job was working with the, uh, Oh
0: God, I just realized this. <laughs> you see how it works, right? Yeah. So, uh,
1: the job, you know, is all about uh, it. It's software to connect. It's it's software to connect dealerships to uh, lending institutions. So that credit applications can flow back and forth, and you can get financing on your car. And I was like, well, cars, cars, catalytic converter, catalytic converter, necrolytic goat converter. Bam! There you go.
2: Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Wait, slow down, Turbo. So you're telling me you went with necro because. According to the metal rules, you have to.
1: But you have to. Metal rules,
2: And right. you went with goats because, duh, right? right? Everybody has an album with a goat on it somewhere, right? And the rest of it are car parts. Car, rest of it are car parts. <laughs> Dude, I think, uh, you know, I don't is, have the album in front of me. That is such a relief to me. I, I thought this was going to be some weird sacrificial goat thing and it's actually really funny and kind of tongue-in-cheek making fun of the metal community and that makes my heart sore oh, absolutely uh, <laughs> you know beautiful
1: <laughs> if you can't laugh it, it, this music is ridiculous i love it with all of my heart uh it eases the burdens in my life but come on man <laughs> right on it's just metal <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's where it, it came from the, the the other project that I do the uh, the kind of more mainstream hardcore uh first forgiveness I just went to a random band generator I said random band generator boom it was like the second choice so I said oh that sounds cool all right that's that's that name let's throw that one down not too hard you don't have to i I, I can't think too much about it.
0: So that, that's, that's where it came from. yeah. And that's... then it
1: just kind of went from there, got a little bit more serious, started to get a little bit more introspective and kind of, what do I want to write about? How do I want to express myself? And then, uh, yeah, just kind of happened. Nice. That's awesome. I'm
2: Okay, John, your turn.
0: Sure. <clears throat> um. So I, my, uh, my parents put me in in piano lessons and uh, then trumpet lessons when I said I hate piano. Um, I also spent some time in high school playing like six weeks worth of guitar, so really not much at all. So like at the end, when I went into college and then like adult life. I didn't really have any musical leanings or outputs or anything. I just had these like short bursts of like, I played a little bit of piano. I played a little bit of trumpet, a little bit of guitar. And around the time that our second kid was born, um, I had at that time, my main hobby was video production. But when our kid was born, I was like, I can't leave the house anymore. I can't ever like, it'll be at least a few years before I leave the house of my own volition. So like, I got to figure out something to do in my basement with the stuff that I have. And that is actually how I got into podcasting. Um, And because I had like, I had a bunch of video gear, which I couldn't really use for video stuff, but like it could turn into, I could use it for podcasting and through the podcasting and talking with Hmm. the people I had on for respectively loud, it sort of became clear over the weeks and months that like, you know, I actually have this I- equipment here that, like, maybe I could, maybe I could get back into music because my guitar was still at my parents' house. So I had left it there when I moved out. Then it hadn't been touched, and it was still there, so it worked. And uh, I knew that by that point, that there was, you know, technology that software that people could use to like program drums, mix, and master, and that it was a lot more accessible and affordable. Um, and because there are definitely people who do all this stuff by themselves, I was like, I wonder if I could teach myself to do all of that stuff and sort of get back into playing guitar just for Mm -hmm. my own self not because I I have this thing where I can't really stay on like as you can tell I have discipline issues (laughs) I can't practice to save my life I can't stay motivated otherwise I would have stepped with kept with those instruments but (laughs) but it one thing that really helps me to do that is if I have something to play off of if I can like not just hear a guitar riff but like hear what it would sound like in a song and be like, oh man, like if, if, if all I'm hearing is this unamped electric guitar noodling, it doesn't, that's not really interesting to me. But if I could like put some f- f- simulated fake amps and program drums underneath it, well, then that sounds a lot more interesting. And then that's actually like, if it's within reach, then like maybe I could actually do this. And as for the, and so that, I mean, I had already said, like I was just kind of demoing stuff and eventually decided to you know to start putting out stuff and when it came time for deciding a bad name if that's going to be the the crux of this story domestic qualm is a play on my last name which is pet cow so domestic for pet and qualm is a really super old english word for cow that's as simple as it is and i would took the my specific inspiration for naming was uh the Alexis on fire guitarist, Dallas Green. He put out mm-hmm. a, uh, his his main gig these days is his solo stuff, City and Color. City in Color. And City and color. color is, of course, named after his first and last name. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to do something that would be me, but also sound ridiculous and dumb enough to hang with other metal names. Because I don't know if you've ever looked at a list of metal names, like underground metal band names. They're ridiculous. Uh, so that was when I came with domestic trauma, I was like, you know what? I get the joke and it makes me laugh and no one else will. And that's cool. And other people just look at it and like, Oh, it's another random metal metal band name. Okay. Done.
2: I don't know if you want to keep this in or not since I'm, you're editing. This so is going to make this your baby. But have you guys ever heard of the band party cannon? Yes. <laughs> no, you have to look up party cannon because, um, they play they play metal festivals and like it's literally a you can you can look this up they've become a meme that's so funny but they have like a black poster and all the band names are in white and it has like that splattered spiderweb you know like you can't read it you have to look at it at a different angle to figure out that it, it looks says, like a
0: pile of branches
2: exactly like, <laughs> you know <clears throat> and it's got like some ridiculous name. And there's just columns and columns of these bands, and then there's like written in like the party city <clears throat> rainbow balloon letters. It says party cannon, right? <laughs> and it, they stick out like bonk on this on this poster. And if you look at their albums, it's like it's all really gory, but it's all party related. They're like they're like partied to death or partied in half or something. And they'll have like they'll have like a corpse ripped in half at the waist and instead of guts hanging out of the bottom it'll be like streamers and stuff and confetti <laughs> yeah right and it's it's so good this the music is absolutely like top level they sound just like all the other stuff and everything but they have this thing going of like ah let's not take it too seriously and i think that's like their niche so i i, I don't know if anybody gives a shit about that or not but it s- makes me laugh
0: man i remember seeing the poster for party cannon and thinking that that was some that was some good shit uh right I never actually meme, went so far is as like, to the music, though.
2: The meme is like, "Damn it, party cannon!" We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. I but anyway, I don't know. It made me made me think of that. But mum, she's. I'll tell you what she is. She's experienced.
0: I mean. I'll say that, like, when it came to, I mean, if we're talking, like, font selection, when it came time to put up my EP, I definitely, like, I definitely did not, I tried to see what it would look like. Uh, the band, I think the band name is just too long to do the, like, a, a single long word. If it was two words, I could, like, put, stack them on top of each other, but it's just one longer word that, like, it doesn't really work in that sort of, like, scratched out, like, scribbly terrible metal font looking thing so i decided okay. i was like i'm gonna go for something that's like <laughs> try to be a little bit older and classier so i just looked for old newspaper fonts and uh uh that i felt like that was tr- not necessarily quite as far as party canon but uh it tried are you to,
1: saying i went the non-classy route <laughs> no
0: so not so non-classy but the font that i had chris was literally i think the font that you use so i didn't want to be uh biting your flavor
1: <laughs> well, that's you know. I did. I was kind of thinking back. I just went everything free. So at the time, I didn't know how serious the thing was going to get. So I just went online and googled metal band fonts, and I had found that font. And I was like, oh, is it free? Okay, boop, take it. You know. And then the uh, the album cover, I looked for metal goat, and I finally found that picture, and it was on Shutterstock. So for a couple bucks, you know, just in case someone else used it, boop, you know, went and bought that. And then all the drums, I even kind of thought about where I get all those drums from I didn't buy any of the drums I didn't buy the drums until after the album was out and I was starting to work on some other stuff I just went to all the sample sites and it was like hey we have seven you know boxes of drum loops here are four free samples for you to understand what's going on and I just spent weeks downloading all the free samples And I think almost all of the demo are just free samples I found online
0: so you really cost right. that album. Which is why
1: the fill, if you listen to the fills on that album, it's literally the same fill on every single song. <laughs> so I think I only had two.
2: <laughs> so, Chris, were you ever in like a... Pardon the term. No, no disrespect to the, the the guy, the single guys that are doing this, but um, were you ever in like a proper band? The whole like drag your guitar to band practice, tune, oh, listen God. to the vocalist half hour late, that kind of thing.
1: In college, uh, my roommate, and myself, a couple guys got together. We wanted to do a band. I've been playing for like a year, and at that time, for me, it was all about it was all about the the riff to Judas Priest breaking the law. The rift to Crazy Train And then just classic rock That's what I love to do Okay So uh, we got together We had a band called <laughs> The Sinking Netherlands Because we read in a newspaper That the Netherlands was like sinking Like a quarter of an inch Every couple of years I was like that's a band name We gotta be called The Sinking Netherlands So we started out doing like Hendrix and Cream I think we had Sunshine of Your Love Purple Haze And then the lead singer Came up and said I want to start playing Duran Duran and uh what else do you want to play? And Robert Palmer. And at that point I was like, I I gotta I gotta go. Cause at that point I was 19 if it wasn't if it wasn't hair metal like Motley Crue and Rat, which was the awesome stuff, I had to go. I had to get out of that scene. So I I think maybe we played one gig in the rehearsal room for a couple of friends at like one o'clock in the morning. We played a Black Flag by King X. I know you like King X. Trav, love them. Did that, and uh, I think badly. <laughs> I think that was it. That was the extent of my band experience until <laughs> until I got together with uh, these other guys, all of which are me.
2: <laughs> it's funny you should mention all those bands that you just mentioned. I went to a minor league hockey game last night. I went to see the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and um, I heard a clip of Motley Crue, "Doctor Feel Good." I heard. Round and Round, which they played after uh, there was a little bit of a scuffle on the ice. Round and Round. Okay, level of fun course. Away, just give it time. That's funny, you know? And then um, they did a whole crazy train thing in between periods where people were like, they did like the air guitar cam during the solo and people were like, oh well, oh, oh, oh. you know what I mean? <laughs> the stuff is still valid, man. I just heard it last night in, Dude, in, with like 10,000 people. <laughs> totally valid. I, I don't
1: know. John, if you and I talked about this when we were kind of collaborating and doing the the domestic split and stuff, but uh, I've had this conversation with somebody. Someone had said, I still don't think of myself as a great player, but someone had said, well, you have a knack to, you know, you can write a song. And I'm like, if you listen to all my songs, my song structure is all 80s hair metal, because that's what I grew up. That's what I still I I, I love extreme music, but I I'm not going to deny my love for what I listened to in the 80s. And if you listen, it's you know, intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, outro. I mean, that's it's classic hair metal. That's just how I learned to do
2: it. If you listen to my show, I've said it before, and I will say it again. I will stand firmly on this. That stuff was legitimate. Like, if Absolutely. you turned on MTV and you watched, like, Dial MTV or whatever at the time. John, this is before your time, young man, so let me school you. Um, Tell me,
0: Travis, it, of the MTV.
2: <laughs> Tell me, Uncle Travis. It was like I mean Chris backed me up. Top 10 were like, 8 of them were like Hair Metal songs, All had, the, the, time. the other two were like Belle Biv DeVoe and TLC or something. You know what I mean? And mixed in with like Warrant yeah <laughs> and like and like whatever whatever else Trickster, I remember them being on there once Oh, Give it, it to me good. Give it to you good. <laughs> and it, yeah, that stuff was legitimate at the time and then and then grunge came in and just smashed that the bits, but I mean it's still valid. It's still hanging in there. I mean, I again, you go to a hockey game, you hear Dr. Feelgood, and you hear Crazy Train. No one played Them Bones from Alice in Chains. No one played a Nirvana song, you know? What
1: boy, what a hockey game that would be if they played Them
2: Bones.
0: Oh, my That's God. because they were too depressed Man. to, leave their, to yeah. leave their houses to go to a hockey game. What
2: are you talking about? Dude, I'd jump over
1: the boards. Are you kidding? I would love it. The players would all be doing the Charlie Brown shuffle on the rink, <laughs> shoulders sagging. <laughs> One person just cries.
0: There is a small part of me that thinks that my ideal job would be, if it paid well, would be to be the guy who picks the music for, uh, to play when stuff like that happens at hockey games. Because I love, like, I love being a smartass. And so if I could come up no. with those kind of cl- Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, And so if I could have a job where it's like, this thing just happened, let's, uh, um," or even like something like, uh, I know that on the Jimmy Fallon show that when the root, like when they have people come on, the root people, uh, the roots uh, guys will pick songs that are specifically try to like make commentary on the person that's coming out or make a joke or something like that. I, if I could just have a job where I was that kind of like DJ, essentially, if I can make money off that, that would be, I would do that for the rest of my life.
2: That would be a great job. I've often thought, man, how much fun would it be to just be involved in some sort of a daily crank it out, crank out a situation appropriate music with a band and kind of like half planned and half jammed and you got to like improvise and be on the spot and everything. I love that. I love that pressure cooker. But then again. Every day, I don't, know, I don't know. That's also the kind of stuff that makes people th- hurl themselves out of a window maybe, you know? Yeah.
1: Eventually know. you just wind up playing the same thing all the time. You'd be playing that Charlie Brown.
2: Wah, 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 wah.
1: <laughs> I think right. after a week that would just be my go-to for every moment that happens.
2: <laughs> like I love I love that the Roots play the guest appropriate stuff like John's referring to, but they also every Single day have to play that hey 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 and I I'd like to think six seven hundred episodes in I'd be like can we just use
0: a loop of it please just for once use last night's footage
1: (laughs) exactly I think Questlove just counts off the money he's making in his head every time he has to hit that thing (laughs) off again
2: Quest Quest is awesome he doesn't count in one two
0: three four he goes one thousand two
2: thousand three thousand four thousand right I hope so. I, I oh, yeah, hope, yeah. Seriously, I mean, right? I hope so too. I, I hope they're making the decent money because that they have like like eleven members in that band too. I mean,
0: <laughs> you you have to like the, it's like the the whatever. I don't know how much money Slipknot makes, but it has to go between nine people. So <laughs> yeah, you got to do but that much more.
2: Eighty person crew. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a little bit into the songs. Uh, as far as why you made the decisions you did, what you wrote about. Um, I I have some. I have some questions about some of the lyrics that I read. Sure. Um, for starters, I am the worst when it comes to trying to figure out what a vocalist is saying. Like, I have to I have to dumb it all the way down to just, like, rock. There can't be any screaming. As soon as somebody puts any kind of angst behind their vocals, I don't know what they're saying unless I read the lyrics. So I started reading the lyrics <clears throat> to some of these songs. And um, we'll start off with a, a simple tailor Hello. from... Uh, from Domestiqual. My wit, which brought down governments, spent finding leg measurements, only relief is lunchtime banter with a naive human doctor. I am a devil trapped by the angels. That's mm-hmm. that's far enough out of the Dungeons and Dragons mystical, dark, gloomy lyrics. Kind of pulls you into like, what the hell's he talking about? He's talking about lunchtime. Leg measurements and everything. So what, what, what's, what's the deal behind that song? I
0: hate, I hate to disappoint you, Trav, because you think this isn't going to be a nerd thing. <laughs> it's absolutely a nerd thing um so I, I won't give you the the, the long i'll give you the full detailed character history because i could totally do that but i don't think we have the time um is this a dungeons and dragons thing no it's not a Dungeons and Dragons thing it's a star trek thing actually <laughs> oh my god next chris
2: next <laughs> I, go ahead to, to, to be fair it. I didn't i'm not even it know.
1: now i didn't even know what it was about until john and i were working on the album and john sent the this is what the song's about because we we do fill out all the band camp stuff and i went star trek (laughs) okay
0: Okay, so here's here's the thing i was working on the song and didn't have lyrics um but i you know i knew what the song was i was like i have to come up with something to write about and uh uh, richard weeks who does black and death records has like ten thousand bands he had put on one of his one of his many bands albums had uh did a song called four lights uh which is about uh Captain picard from uh, star trek the next generation and i was like that is that is awesome you wrote a song about Captain picard and then i started thinking like who's my favorite star trek character and in the uh the spinoff deep space nine there's this not one of the main characters but he is a tailor. He he works as a tailor on the ship and he sort of pops up every now and then as this sort of, you get the the idea that he is more complicated than he's not just a simple tailor, quote unquote, hence the title. Um, And it turns out that he was not just a tailor. He is actually like used to be a like second in command of a entire secret spy organization and like was responsible for some real dark shit. And, uh, and was exiled from his planet and he now lives with a bunch of people who are supposed to be his enemies but who are kind of the only thing keeping him alive and so that to me i mean he's he's just an awesome character he's very upbeat and very morally ambiguous and just sort of like has a great time just fucking with people um and and in terms of like if I was going to write a song about this, what do I connect to? And I think the idea for me, why I connected to it was the idea that, I mean, I left my hometown when I left high school and I'm happy where I am. Like I'm, this isn't a song of regret or anything, but I do live in an area of the, of Canada where my political views are almost entirely singularly my own and almost the entire rest of the province, uh, feels differently than I do. Um, And so I've had to quietly and and like people who are my good friends, family, like I have built my life here, but I have built my life where I just had to basically shut off that part of myself because that doesn't seem to fit in with other people. And so I've had to basically disengage myself politically in my real life because it's the only way to survive. And so that's what the line I'm a devil trapped by the angels is, is that like, not that I feel like but that's that that's i I took the position of devil because everyone else is actually pretty cool that i that I know, but I just sort of sit in opposition, not necessarily opposition to not not in a bigger life sense but at least politically that I just don't agree with a lot of what's happening where I am, but I also know that I'm kind of a minority opinion on that, so mm-hmm. that was that is
2: surpri- that is surprisingly deep,
0: yeah. It's, but it is actually just about uh, Garrick from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in terms of like how I relate to that song, that's sort of where that comes in.
2: omniscience Now that is a metal title. (laughs) My body marks another mile. No respite from these howling winds. Will is trapped inside limbs that will not bend. As the cloud slowly takes the sight. As the colt Jesus. What's the song about? Can't read the lyrics. (laughs) Uh,
1: it is about uh so long story short, it is about and, and trying to put this in a way that'll be succinct and not too much of a downer so uh the story is about when my father died uh it was it also kind of marked he he died very young he wasn't even 60 uh i had flown down to see him and it marked the exact moment that i had at that time stopped believing in god i had kind of lost my uh faith uh, hmm. a lot i had grown up roman catholic uh had some issues because like john uh to be incredibly liberal and i don't want to say progressive in your views but uh progressive according to the environment that i was in yeah. uh was kind of hard but it had never stopped me from having that kind of you not go to church for years you cannot do a bunch of things but you will still have that kind of peace in your soul that just kind of says well you know, if anyone asks, yeah, I, I definitely believe it's like I don't want to equate it to like Santa Claus, but, you know, in your heart that it's real. And uh, I had never had that problem, even when I had not regularly gone to church of if I was afraid or I needed help or someone was dying, that you would give a little prayer. And even if what you had prayed for didn't come to fruition, you would still have that kind of thing in your head. Like, I know that I was hurt. I know that he saw me. Uh, and when my father died, I had kind of left the room, got into this bathroom, and had started kind of reciting this. It was almost like muscle memory prayer that I had when I needed help, and it was the first time that uh, I didn't feel anything. Uh, and that had started a, like a period of like five or six years of just kind of started getting Richard Dawkin books and Christopher Hitchin books, and you know, hmm. trying to make myself as atheist as possible. Uh, and what the song is generally about is that kind of pushing away. And every time you push away, you look back and it's like, no, I still believe it's still there until you get to that moment, uh, that moment of fractured omniscience, when you turn around for the last time, because you, you want to see if that thing is still there behind you. And that, that m- moment of realizing, oh my God, it's not there behind me. Uh, uh, so that's, you know, that the the verse that you're referring to, I think the last line is, uh, you know, uh, he finally, I can't feel his stare. That's the first time that I right. legitimately felt completely, uh, abandoned. Uh, so that's kind of what the song is addressing. It's probably the most personal song I had written. Uh, but it was written from a point in the past. So it's interesting because this song is probably in terms of the biographical stuff I've written is the earliest thing I've ever written. And the stuff on the demo, which I wrote, back in over the course of a year up until last March uh is all about what happens after that and you know how I kind of found myself again after that oh, or wow. at least found myself back into f- faith to the point where you know, I have the same problems that John does but go to church and listen and just kind of my theory is that uh, I'm able to hear the voice again and the stuff that uh, I agree with, I intently listen to, and the stuff that I don't agree with, you know, and luckily my wife is the same way, we just kinda, you know, steal ourselves and get past the parts where they say, you know, and let's pray for the sanctity of traditional marriage and for, you know, our government leaders to make all the money and you know stuff like that. We just kinda we kinda hold our our thoughts, but then when it gets to, you know, pray for the poor people, pray for the sick, pay, you know, pray for this stuff, that's where we get that. We get that back, so bit of a downer. Again, it's not the curdled song. No, it's song, not a but... downer. No, no,
2: that's <laughs> that's real. That's 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 real stuff. I, I I had that conversation with with former guests where I, I'm fascinated with someone who had faith and then and then eventually abandoned it, lost it, whatever terminology. There had to be a Tuesday that you looked back over your shoulder and still saw it. Oh and yeah. There, and then there was a Wednesday. Where you look back and it wasn't there, and I'm always curious about like what what what's that pinnacle thing like? Like <clears throat> I always refer to Dracula with when when Elizabeth was found dead and he was like I renounce Christ and he made this huge <laughs> to do and it became a whole thing. Okay, we can pinpoint what happened, when and why with that dude, you know. But there's there's other people that they 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 systematically remove this from their system over a period of years. And at one point, there has to be a, okay, that was the book that pushed me over, or yeah. or that was the book that brought me back, or that was the conversation with somebody that I had, or uh, you know you had some weird talk with an estranged uncle where you were like, oh yeah, I, I that did kind of reestablish my faith or something. I think that's a fascinating conversation, and I think people need to explore that stuff, because anyone that's never had to bump up against the rails of, of questioning what they believe in, I just don't think has been challenged. And I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to push anybody towards something they shouldn't be pushed towards. But I just feel like, man, if you've never had your faith shaken, I don't think you're doing it right. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about metal band camp as well, is that, you know, meeting all of these guys, meeting you and John. And uh, I'll just use Jeremiah as another example. And you guys get to talking. And uh, I remember when we were planning to do the the D&D. And uh, we were trying to figure out a good schedule. And then both John John, Jeremiah and myself were like, well, we can't do Sunday mornings. And I was like, well, I can't do Sunday mornings. We're like, well, I have church at 11. I have church at you know 1030. I got church at it. – and it's just so interesting that for a genre that at least now, especially when you talk about extreme metal and what's been going on in the last 15, 20 years, there's just such this push to be – to just – put all of that aside. I mean, you have your genres and your bands that will espouse it, but uh, it, it's not as vocal as it is. But then when you start talking to the people who actually listen to this stuff, uh, it's it's quite easy to kind of separate those blocks in your mind. I'll listen to classic Dark Throne and other stuff like that that will be totally against what in my the other side of my head is perfectly fine to not only You know, believe and accept, but to vocalize and espouse as well. So it's interesting how much of this community uh, has that same kind of
2: same kind of sense. That's why it's called a community. I mean, just taking my show for example, I've had everything from like um, people that are so uh, into their Christian culture that I'm intimidated to even like say the wrong thing around them i don't want to offend them if i say oh shit if something goes wrong with my mic you know what i mean i know that there's people listening that are still like i really like his show but eh, language eh, don't play it in front of your kids like i don't know who's playing this in front of their kids or or they're rolling it as audio in their church sermon or whatever but you know all the way to people who are self-proclaimed satanists atheists agnostics i've had i've done it all at this point not all but i've done a lot and and everybody is a community everybody would still meet up with me or i could go to them and we could go have a coffee and be civil with each other we all have to learn how to you know share the road together and go to the same (laughs) grocery store and 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 like i i I, that that's where i'm discovering different how it was so different coming up in fear with like oh no 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 that's them this is us let's build a wall (laughs) to uh very 2016 language there travis See what I did? Yeah. Uh, let's kind of separate that. Let us let's, let's get that perforated dish so the corn doesn't touch the peas, kind of thing. And I've yeah. I've always been like, mix them together. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I that's 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 kind of neat. I'm glad I'm glad that we had the conversation and went down the path with with the lyrics
0: and everything. It seems to me that uh, with with the, with the metal band camp gift club community. And this isn't exhaustive. Like there's definitely people who have like wildly coming out from wildly different experiences, but for, it seems that for a lot of, at least a decent number of people, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who I think who grew up in the church. And then the question is like, where does everyone fall in once they become like adults and sort of like figure stuff out for themselves. And so I think that there's a lot of like man church culture isn't great and then you from there you make your decisions of whether you stick with it or whether you leave it but there's no real judgment either way it's just that sort of like kind of hopeful kind of cynical uh or at least like less naive i guess um approach to like there's a lot of a there's a there's a similar cultural touchstone where we all grew up with a lot of this stuff and then the question is what do you do with it as an adult. And I know there's a lot of people who are just like, no, nah, I have nothing to do with it. There's some people who are a bit more sympathetic where they leave, but they, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not for me anymore, but I get it. And then there's people like me who are like, well, I'd, it's, I'd probably consider myself like on the fringe of, uh, of that culture. But like, I'm not as bothered by it as I used to be. I Like I've been trying to leave my faith since I was 13 years old and I just was never good at it. Um, hmm. But now but now isn't it, like I've, I've now made my peace with like who I am, who, how I relate to the church. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to change where I am anymore, but I also know that there, and, and, and for people who do leave, I was like, yeah, no, I get it. It makes sense. You, this, this, I know like for people, I, I, I can understand and sympathize and empathize with the people who make those decisions. Um, I just didn't. And, uh, And I think that there's a lot of that, like, if nothing else, we can all talk about the tooth and nail and hardcore uh, and solid state bands that we all loved. And like, Mm -hmm. cause that, you know, there's still that sort of, I guess, through line for a lot of people who grew up in that environment, whether they stayed or left or did something else.
2: Again, just trying to find community. I mean, the internet Mm -hmm. wasn't what it was back then, but I found this tribe. That's into the same kind of stuff and you felt part of this collective. And now, I mean, back when when you were a kid and you were getting dragged to whatever church your parents were taking you to, that was it. If you didn't like those people, too bad because you're not in charge of that decision. Whereas now, here I am magically talking into a piece of plastic and metal to a dude in New York and a dude in Canada at the same time. And, and the world's getting smaller and you can kind of find, you can kind of find your clan. We just happen to be scattered throughout, you know, and I I think, I think that's kind of neat that, that people are, are finding, wow, you know, people who don't think the same way as me aren't quite as scary as how I was raised that they're supposed to be. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that's, and that's kind of full circle as to how, uh, splits get put on the, on band because you two didn't know each other until you did. And then you found... There's to- there's things totally different about your stories. We went all the way from <laughs> a Deep Space Nine character yeah. all the way to my to my to my father's death. You know that's that's those song that's tracks one and two. Like that's awesome. If you have <laughs> if you have one thing that's about nothing but death, 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 death. death you're going to arrive at the end of that album And feel the way that you're going to feel If you have nothing but metal songs about Star Trek You're going to be like uh, I'm not taking it seriously People are going to expect People- me to start
0: wearing the ears and the on the costume And I just, I just don't truck with that at all
2: Right. I thought that's why you were wearing the size cans you were actually to cover your your ear, your synthetic ear. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like this, this is, this is fun. Just, I just keep making a bigger crock pot of all these different people and it's just turning into this giant cool tasting thing, you know? Totally. Cool. I think I'm done. You guys have anything else to say? You want to tell, you want to tell everybody where to find it?
0: Yeah. It's on, uh, it's on both of our Bandcamp pages. Um, and we've been very upfront about how this is not a competition. So, like, you can get it from the Necroletic Goat Converter Band Camp page, or you can get it from the Domestic One Band Camp page. Um, we, uh, with the recent um, election results, not to dive into this too much, uh, but essentially, uh, I think both Chris and I felt that there was, we didn't feel like there was much we could do, but as an effort to like, at least symbolically show our support for the people who we think need it. Um, as of the election date, any future proceeds of this, of the split to either uh, Chris or my pages, um, we're going to be donating to uh, Planned Parenthood. Um, mm, okay. So again, like I think both Chris and I have a pretty level head about like what our sales expectations are, especially since we released it like two weeks before the election, and at that time right. didn't have that plan. But um, so it probably won't be much. But hey, if you did want to go buy it, you can. <laughs> and if you wanted to support, uh, if you wanted to support a, an organization that's probably going to need the money, and wanted to get some some tunes out of it, that's that's what's going to happen.
2: It it uh the amount doesn't matter. It's the gesture, because. You know, honestly, if you guys, if you guys donate five bucks or if you donate a thousand dollars, that's not, that's still not the difference of whether something stays open or closes or not. You know what I mean? But still, I mean, I don't have much to give, but here's what I have. That's biblical, right? That's in there somewhere. You're taking
1: action regardless of the quantity. I think that's important.
2: And if nothing else, fill the
1: Star Trek gap, you know, music wise in your life, I think is I don't think we can stress that enough.
0: Yeah, it's it's really (laughs) it's really just about how Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek series. And I will fight anyone who comes at me to say otherwise
2: and there's the and you agreed to edit this episode for me so there's nothing i can do to stop this bullshit right now i i can i can let you babble on and on about star trek and i'll be like whatever dummy I'm okay just let me tell you
0: le, okay let's settle in let, let's get into it the Frangi, yes they're racist stereotypes but no not just kidding <laughs>
2: oh god <laughs> on that note i don't even know what you're talking about anymore it's all gibberish uh Thanks, guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. We're recording this on Black Saturday, uh, so
0: the blackest of Saturdays. I mean, I hope, you could have just n- said Black Sabbath. That would have worked.
2: Oh, that's true. I could have. I guess. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope nobody that you care for got trampled yesterday at a Walmart <laughs> or anything.
0: They should have those Facebook notifications. Are you safe? Uh, but for Black Friday, just like just check in <laughs> with Facebook today to make sure that you're safe.
1: Are you <laughs> safe? And was it worth it? The two jackpots. Right.
2: I mean, put the
0: in. answer to the second one is no, always.
2: <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, thanks. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the time. And uh, if anybody is interested in at least hearing what these guys have to say, um, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Go listen to this stuff. These are two gentlemen who do not have time to do this and are still (laughs) finding a way to do it. And if anything, this touches my DIY side of, like, stop talking. Stop complaining about the music industry. Stop bitching about things that you don't understand. Get off your can and go do something. And these two cats did it. So good on you. Hats off to you. And, um, John, good luck editing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's going up as is in full.
2: Okay. (laughs) Then
1: that's it. As the story grows. We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.